Okay. Hi, I'm Sonia J. Killebrew, and this is Black America in COVID. I am Black, I'm American. I'm a teacher and a writer, and I got COVID. During 2020 and 2021, I attended no less than eight funerals on Zoom. I personally know Black Americans who died from COVID-19. And today I'm going to interview a good friend of mine to ask her her experience and to share her story during the COVID-19 pandemic. So I'm, I'm so honored to speak with my good friend. So what's your name? Um, yes, my name is Star Davis. Thank you for your time, Star. And <laughs> to where are you from? Yes, right now I am in Columbus, Ohio. Um, so that is where I'm from. Thank you. And how old are you? Or I'm about? 30 years old. Oh. <laughs> yep, just, just at my 30 mark. Oh, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and do you identify as Black? And what's your ethnicity? Yes, I identify as Black American. Thank you. Um, and have you lost someone during the COVID-19 pandemic? Um, yes, I lost a good friend of mine. I'm sorry. Um, his, yeah. yeah, his name was Kenny. Um, he was a black male and he was only 30 years old. Oh, wow. I'm sorry, Sarah. Mm -hmm. um, what do you want to share about them? Uh, Kenny, um, a sweet person. He was actually a best friend of one of my best friends. Um, He's from Brooklyn, you know, he's from Brooklyn and he um, was very artistic. He loved to uh, just be involved in video, you know, media, mass media, video, uh, video uh, being a videographer. He's also a DJ in some music and um, I think he might've had a mixtape or two even. So um, our exchanges were mostly created and he was asking me right around the time before he passed, he was asking me how to get involved in, in the New York poet scene. He was interested in doing some open mics and kind of flexing his um, spoken word muscle. So, um, you know, I, uh, I, I miss him, miss me. I'm sorry that he didn't get to live a full life, you know, and uh, I didn't believe 30 and just the COVID complication and how he left it. I, I don't believe he deserved, deserved that, um, that, that sort of thing. Um, he was still getting started. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Rest in peace, Kenny. Wow, 30 is so young. To... Yeah, I mean, he dies at 30 and I'm having a baby at 30, you know, so I just kind of see that like, you know, it's, it's just not fair. People are still, I think you're still revving up your engine at this age, you 
know, or at any age. So I, I feel for Kenny and his family. Wow. Thank you. Um, so having experienced that, what do you think about this pandemic and about COVID? Or how do you feel about it? Um, overall, I think it's, uh, I think it's, it's been scary. Um, I, I can't actually pinpoint what I think about it because I mean, it's not a person or, you know, like, you know, I know people are, you know, say fuck cancer, but it's like, I'm not really in the stance for like saying like fuck COVID yet because, um, or, or even fuck cancer. I mean, these are, these are things like that just are, you know, and um, there's, there's going to be a cure out there. And, you know, uh, this is just a part of this evolution. Um, so do, do I dislike it? Absolutely. Do I hate the results of what it's has come of it? Absolutely. Um, I mean, especially being black, I mean, anything that is global or life-threatening always seems to like hurt the black community the hardest so it's like I think of COVID like I think of a, a gangster on the street right now they, they don't it doesn't belong here <laughs> you know mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm afraid of it I wish it would go somewhere else mm-hmm. um, I wish it could get saved <laughs> find mm-hmm. some you know find some peace find a peaceful solution stop attacking people's immune systems mm-hmm. that type of, of, of response is what I have to go with. Wow, that's a great analogy. Mm-hmm. And then what do you think about the vaccine? Um, I went to New York um, because I lived in New York for eight years. Um, I left New York due to the pandemic, which I had extreme guilt about because, you know, New Yorkers was like, hey, we've experienced like worse things than COVID and people are leaving, you know, you, fuck you guys, you're not real New Yorkers. And I'm like, damn, that's me, you know, and I felt really bad because I'm like, damn, but I'm pregnant, New York. Like, <laughs> like I, I still love you, but I'm pregnant, you know, and I mean, ship, I gotta go ship myself off to make sure I'm okay. So, um, I came, I visited New York uh, uh, last year, uh, of course, this is now 2021, so we're already, a, you know, a full year into uh, the coronavirus. Um, I had this infant baby, and um, I had this infant baby, and I said, you know what, I'm going to get the vaccine, and this is, this is July 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, I read a, I read an article that um, just really changed my life. And um, I think it was in the Washington Post and it said, don't think about it, just do it. The coronavirus vac- vaccination. Mm-hmm. And it was an article that just talked about how if you deeply analyze anything, you're going to kind of like lollygag the process of just doing what you know is right. Mm-hmm. You know, so... I had that moment where I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to sit up and listen to all of this theoretical, 
you know, analyzing by people who haven't even like stepped foot on a college campus telling me that if I get the vaccine, it's not going to do anything. It's going to keep me from even having a a child again if I want to do that. You know, there Mm -hmm. were some crazy theories out here about the vaccine. Um, and, And it's not there. It's not it's not Black people's fault to be cons- conspirators. Mm-hmm. We actually deserve to write to be, to, to, to understand conspiracy. Why? Because we've been guinea pigs. Mm-hmm. So of course, someone who's been used is going to think, is this another ploy to use me, right. to kill me? Like I get that thinking, however, as a mother, as a black woman, as someone who is going to travel, I'm not going to let anything like, you know, come against, you know, me and my, my infant's health. So I don't even just think about it. I go, you know what, I want to do this because to me, this is the right thing to do. I am protecting my body. I'm protecting my child's body. I'm protecting other bodies. And I, I, and I got the vaccine. So what I think about it is, you know what, it's a, it's a first start to the body's ability to attack any virus. You know, um, I, I'm for it um, and I support it, but I also support people who don't support it as well. You know, but for me and mine, I support it. Wow, Star, and congratulations on having your baby. Yes, my pandemic baby. I love that. She's probably we have the baby boomers and now we have the pandemic baby. So she doesn't even know how famous she is yet. She was born, was it 2020 or 2021? Yes. She was born December 1st, 2020. Wow. Oh my she's too young for school, but like Wow. If she were school age, like, how would you feel about sending her to school? Um, I don't know if it's because my mom is a, a 70s mom. Like, my mom was, you know, raised in the 70s. So, you know, I kind of had, like, a bit of a, a rough upbringing where my mom lived under an environmental code. In order for her to go to work, we had to go to school. So scary enough, I would send my child to school (laughs) Um, (laughs) because I'm also adopting, I'm choosing to adopt this code that we both have to work and and I have to be successful at it in order for us to have a life. Mm -hmm. Um, Even with having an infant who can't talk and can't walk, home with me while I'm even trying to work on the computer even that was I found that to be um unbearable so Mm -hmm. I was amongst one of those who I was still taking a risk with hiring a babysitter for my daughter and choosing for her to be around other other people you know while the pandemic was the pandemic was still ongoing um and, you know, Stoney, you said something at the beginning of the call, and I'll also say it too. I have gotten COVID, and um, my daughter has been exposed to it as an infant, um, and we've survived it. Mm-hmm. Not saying 
not saying that like I'm carrying a torch or some sort of like shield of arms on myself or anything like that but just saying that to say um I I'm I'm pleased that I was vaccinated and I'm pleased that you know her immune system and her exposure to it um she never physically caught it or was diagnosed with it but that she survived it even being in my presence she survived it oh amazing Mm -hmm. wow so I think I feel like you pretty much answered the question about how do you feel about people going back to work like you like you want to go back to work in person I'm yeah I'm already back at work actually I'm working hybrid and it's awesome I'm like yes I can wear clothes again like I can bust out my blazer and my dress pants like you know me I'm like fashionista all day I'm like getting dressed (laughs) yes girl you are I love your wardrobe yes so I'm excited and um we're all vaccinated at my office I actually work at a medical practice so of course we're, we're living by the utmost you know health procedures in, in the health code. Um, oh. But I, I am glad to be back um, in, in a physical office setting. Um, and I'm back in full agreement that home should be home and work should be work. And combining those two is just, it just throws off the nature of things if you, if you ask me. Um, yeah, so um, I understand people are afraid, but I'm speaking with my boss now. The company I work for is actually a pharmaceutical company that has um, developed a very impressive drug to combat breast cancer. So these are research scientists who I work for. And they were telling me how there's a very old school theory that the dirtier a child is, the stronger their immune system will become, mm-hmm. you know, and I said, that's funny because I remember my mom locking the screen door and forcing us to stay outside for like the I, whole day. Yes. <laughs> it's yeah. like, I have to use the bathroom. She's like, no, you guys are not going to be running up in and out of this house. You're either in or you're out. And when you're out, you're out. Yes. <laughs> And it's like, damn, you know, and I just thought that was so savage, you know, but it's like, (laughs) we were, we were really like forced to play. Like we were forced to play and get dirty and scrape our knees and build mud pies and run on, on the blacktop and, and, and get dirty. Like we, that was a part of the summer plan was for us to get dirty. I love that. Um, Mud pies. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) so I was like an outside kid and I was you know my knee is all scraped up like you know I I have the 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 scars if scars could talk they would say you know there's been plenty of dirt and all types of stuff mixed in with my blood and cuts and all sorts of stuff so it's like I'm not gonna be a like I'm just not a fearful person when it comes to when it comes to this, the ways of this world, um, yeah. I wear I wear my mask. I do, mm-hmm. and I do, and I do what the what what they say. But I was also like, I'm not a person that lives lives in fear of the dirt. I don't live in fear of hard times. I don't live in fear of 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 life threatening things. My life is a consistent threat. 
depending on who you talk to. Right. <laughs> right. So what else is supposed to scare me? Right. And so for people, like if a person in the future would want to know, like what, what is it like to work during this pandemic? Are you wearing a mask? Like is there hand sanitizer? Um, or is Ohio yeah. like maskless right now? Um, no, we are still, um, there is still a mask mandate for being, you know, in public and in public places. Um, and at my job, we are still supposed to be wearing a mask through public places in the hallways on the elevator. But actually, once we're in the office, we're all comfortable taking our masks off, knowing that we're all vaccinated and we're all working around each other. So I, you know, I'm grateful because it's like, I like that my colleagues can see me and that I'm not like being like, just buried in this mask. Um, mm-hmm. That's just stopping, stopping me from embracing my work and embracing who I am. Yes, because it's weird talking to people, especially if you've never met before and the mask is on. Mm-hmm. It's hard to get to know someone when you only see their their eyes. Absolutely, yeah. Um, is there anything else that you want to share about living and working during this COVID-19 pandemic? Um. Yeah, I think that as a Black people, we've experienced some major financial, um, you know, hardships during a pandemic, as I feel we always do. Um, When I think about Hurricane Katrina and, you know, other just really natural disasters where massive populations of Black people get affected, America just doesn't come running. And, um, you know, I think that this pandemic being a silent hurricane, like there's so much homelessness, even homelessness that I have experienced, not per se of COVID, but I would say I do blame COVID partially for some of my hardships, even though my hardships are directly connected to an abusive relationship. I would still say that there were major restrictions put in place for women and and just the world. You know, there were stay-at-home orders. There was quarantining. And um, there were just a lot of kind of like random stipulations that kept people from, again, having a, a structured life. So a lot of the structure that already doesn't exist in the Black community strong enough. Um, a lot of that structure was dismantled. Um, you know, I, I did lose my job during COVID because I had a baby and my um, supervisor was under the impression that because I was not able to afford a nanny, I would not be able to perform my job well enough. Mm. Now, have I been a white woman? Maybe, but I'm not. And I, I believe there was a stereotype that um, I just didn't have what it took. So, and I think there was a lot of Black people put in that situation and there was a lot of unemployment. There was a lot of government assistance. There was a lot of, of aid out there 
that um you know was showing you know hey we don't have it right now um a lot of black businesses suffered uh, a lot of black homes suffered and a lot of people suffered financially from from just things being closed down and people being unable to go to work or people losing their jobs and staying home with their kids. My younger sister works for a call center. Her supervisor, her supervisor's husband, they're, they're a black married couple. And the woman who is a supervisor at a call center was living out of a one bedroom apartment with five of her children and her husband because her husband had lost his job due to COVID. Wow, were they Black Americans? They were Black Americans. Wow, wow. They lost their house because her husband lost his job and she's working now as a call center supervisor from her closet with five of her children and one of them is a toddler. So that was, this is the Black experience during COVID is that. I mean, we always take losses, but we've taken lots of financial losses due to the pandemic, so. Thank you for speaking about that. I didn't even think yeah. to ask about, yeah, the financial, the economic impact. Like, mm-hmm. when you said it's been a silent hurricane, like that is, wow, that metaphor is such a, a great analogy for how destructive this has been to the Black community. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, so, yeah, um, but that is how I feel. Um, I'm appreciative of, of recording this information. So thank you for people like you who are shedding light on what, what we're going through. Well, thank you, Star. Star Davis, the amazing poet and writer. Um, I encourage everyone to look up Star, Google her and her beautiful poetry. It's I'm just honored that you're the first interview that I've gotten to do. Um, I feel like it's like auspicious that such an <laughs> amazing writer that you're my first interview. Um, and I thank you so much for your time. Thank you, I'm honored. And um, yeah, let's keep it going. More sto- there's more stories out there. Yes, maybe in a year or so, I'll, I'll circle back and, and do an update to see where you are. Absolutely. Your beautiful baby. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that'd be awesome. Thank you. Well, I guess I'll just sign off. Thank you, Star. Um, and I'm Sonia J. Killebrew, and this is Black America and COVID. <laughs>